Rays infielder Junior Caminero may be one of the five best power hitters in all of MLB right now. Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked on MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, award-winning baseball writer and podcaster, and thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. Today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Make every moment more. New customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets. If your first bet of $5 or more wins, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. So looking at the Tampa Bay Rays, obviously good season last year, 99-63, and 63, an organization that, while not having the financial resources of really about anybody else in baseball, seemingly continues to make it happen. And it's because they do such a good job of scouting, a good job of drafting, and a good job of player development. And a sign of being successful in multiple of those areas is third baseman Junior Caminero, okay? 2019 IFA by the Cleveland Guardians. And the Rays scouted him, made a trade with Cleveland to get him for a, a right-hand pitcher. It was, I think, Tobias Myers. One of those deals they would always do at the deadline where a guy to be added to the 40-man roster and they don't have the room for him. He got DFA'd, I think, pretty soon after that trade. And Caminero is one of the top prospects in baseball. And Junior Caminero, right now, might be one of the five best power hitters in all of baseball. And, okay, so to explain what I mean by that, uh, we've talked on the show, every day have heard this over and over again, about how the average 90th percentile exit velocity in MLB is 103 and change. Junior Caminero's last year was 111. And so, to give you an idea of how elite having a 90th percentile exit velo of 111 is. Here is who is on the list ahead of Junior Caminero for 90th percentile exit velocity. Giancarlo Stanton, Aaron Judge, Ronald Acuna Jr., Shohei Otani. End of list. That's it. And so by those numbers, he is a top five power hitter from a pure exit velocity perspective, right? Like it literally is, he's hitting the ball harder than just about anybody else in baseball. And when you see what he did last year, you can see some of this, right? So 117 games between double A and high A, 324, 384, 591, 31 homers, 55 extra base hits, 42 walks to 100 strikeouts for Junior Caminero, 5 of 10 on stolen bases. Got called up for seven MLB games. Uh, hit a home run, went 8 of 34, two walks to eight strikeouts. But I think big here is a guy that's listed. Uh, okay, so he's listed at 60. He's not 160. I called a week of games in AA Montgomery. The Biscuits, shout out to the Biscuits. With Junior Caminero there, and he is closer to 210 than 157. But he still, despite all of that, he played 
91 games at third and 29 at short in the minors. And then he played, he made two starts at shortstop for Tampa down the stretch. Now, obviously, Tampa had some issues with shortstop and finding personnel for the position last year. But Junior Caminero is a special athlete. And I've had a couple different debates with different prospect analysts across the prospect apparatus and things like that. I think that Junior Caminero could adequately fill in at shortstop. He's not your shortstop of the future. He's a third baseman. Baseball America keeps going on this idea that because he's above average speed-wise and his arm is plus, that they might move him to right field. I don't quite know about that. But Junior Caminero is legitimately one of the highest ceiling prospects that I can think of. And if you want to make him your number one prospect in baseball, wouldn't bother me in the slightest. The contact numbers, despite being a massive power guy, the contact numbers were good, right? 80% zone contact, 73% overall. And is he going to bat 324 in the majors? Probably not. But I do feel like he's, he's going to have the ability to bat 280, 275, and give you legitimately get, be a threat to hit 40 home runs. Like that's the kind of player Junior Caminero is. And the bat speed, I think Baseball America had this in the write-up. His bat speed is like fourth amongst all MLB players. It's like Giancarlo Stanton, Franchi Cordero, and Joe Adele. And then number four is Junior Caminero. It's an absurd package of power, of hit tool, of defensive prowess, arm strength. It's legitimately five grades. I think Baseball America actually gave him an 80 grade for his power. Like, if anybody deserves an 80 grade for their power, it's Junior Caminero. A lot of people wanted him to make the team out of spring training. It really feels like he's going to end up starting the year at AAA. Now, I don't know how long you keep him there. It's going to be hard if he continues to hit like he did last year, where, again, he batted 324, 384, 591. But I understand the value of giving Junior Caminero some more experience before you uh, make him an MLB regular. But either way, again, once he gets to MLB, he's going to be one of the best power hitters in the league almost right away, depending on how long it takes him to adjust to the league. Behind him, a ways, but... Another really promising player that has some work to do. Shortstop Carson Williams. So first rounder at 21 out of high school. And a guy that briefly made AAA last year. Again, as they were trying to figure out options for shortstop kind of suddenly. But spent most of the year in high A. Finished up in AA, Mont- uh, in, in AA Montgomery. And I am very excited for him to come back to AA Montgomery to start 24. Is Carson Williams. 115 games. 258. 356, 497, 23 homers, 51 extra base hits, 59 walks to 158 strikeouts, and 20 of 30 on stolen bases. You have to start any conversation with Carson Williams talking about how good his defense is. And to illustrate how good his defense is, think about the fact that the Tampa Bay Rays love to cross-train guys. There's people I'm going to talk about in this show Slavis Basabe played short, played third, played second. Curtis Mead played second and third. All kind of stuff like that. Carson Williams didn't play any defensive position but shortstop. Like, that should tell you how good his defense is. He's one of, if not the best, defensive shortstop in the minors. The arm is a 70 grade. I'd honestly put his defense there. I've seen 
I think both Pipeline and Baseball America gave him a 65. I would give him a 70. Caveat, they've probably seen more of him play defense than I have. It's just, it's very natural, very smooth. And you can tell that, one, the range is good, the actions are good, and then he's got a little bit of nonchalance because of how strong the arm is, right? If he he doesn't have to rush anything because he can fire the ball over to beat you. It reminds me, and I'm not saying he's the same caliber defender as this guy, but it reminds me of watching former Angels and Braves shortstop Andrelton Simmons, who I think is one of the best shortstop defenders I've ever seen in real life. It, it reminds me of that, of it's just incredibly smooth, it's incredibly uh, calm and under control, and he knows he can make up for any sort of bobble, bad hop, whatever with the arm, and so he's not rushed for anything. And the timing is there. He knows exactly how hard to throw it to get it there a step before you get there. But he's not just a defensive guy, right? 90th percentile exit velo last year of 107 for Carson Williams. So the power potential is easily there as well. Now, offensively, still has some contact issues. 68% overall contact. He doesn't chase a ton, but the issue is he struggles with breaking balls. Even in the zone, you can beat him with breaking balls. Still a young player, so it's understandable he's going to have some issues. I don't know if Carson Williams ever gets to a plus hitter, but I think he can get to average to maybe slightly above average because the pitch recognition is good. The swing decisions, for the most part, are good. It's just inherent swing and miss against breaking ball. Some of that comes down to getting used to seeing them, adjusting your sights, things like that. Again, Excited to see him in AA this year. In just a minute, let's talk about players you might see in 2024. A couple interesting guys here. We have to also talk about some of the prospects who have been up and down. We'll do that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Ibotta. Uh, coming up on the big game on Sunday, a lot of people are planning tons of really interesting foods for the game and for their watch parties, right? You can use the Ibotta app to get cash back on all of those grocery purchases that you make. It's a free app that gives you the most cash back you can get every time you go shopping on hundreds of items. Uh, the average user earns like $145 a year from it, but what you do is you add your offers in your app, you then upload your receipt, and you get real cash back. You can uh, cash it out to your bank account. You can use it. You can send it to PayPal or you can get gift cards and it works not just for groceries. It works at tons of other brands, Lowe's, Macy's, Sephora, Best Buy, and more. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 just for trying Ibotta by using the code LOCKEDONMLB when you register. Go to the App Store or Google Play Store, download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back. Use code LOCKEDONMLB. That's Ibotta. I-B-O-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use code LOCKEDONMLB. Back to LOCKEDONMLB prospects. And real quick, before we get into these prospects you might see in 2024, you need to know that LOCKEDON has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube and now also on Amazon Fire TV. LOCKEDON Sports Today is here for you 24-7 with the top sports stories of the day using the local experts of LOCKEDON plus our national shows like this one that cover every single league. So 
Find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on YouTube and on Amazon Fire TV, and soon coming to Roku devices. So looking at players you may see in 2024, uh, he might be a little bit later in the year, but I'm going to bring him up because he's a longtime favorite of the show that uh, everydayers have heard me talk about numerous times. Catcher Dominic Keegan, fourth rounder in 2022 out of Vandy, spent most of the year last year in the lower minors, single A and high A, 106 games. 287, 386, 467, 13 homers, 37 extra base hits, 59 walks to 90 strikeouts, and two or three on stolen bases. Now, offensively, contact numbers, like the approach is good for Dominic Keegan, right? 78% contact, and the power is, it's plus raw power, but it plays, a lot of people have him as a below average power. I've got it as average power, just having watched some of it, but the big adjustment we have to figure out in 2024, and I expect him to start off in double A, so we'll have a chance to look at this. But you look at, at the scenario of he swung last year 38% of the time. We've talked about this on the show before, but sometimes those incredibly patient guys in the low minors struggle when they first move up to the upper minors because they're, they're taking advantage in the lower minors of pitchers who can't reliably bring the ball into the zone. And when they faced when they face a better level of competition, better pitchers that can more reliably live on the edge of the zone, paint the black and things like that, they sometimes struggle offensively. So I want to see what Dominic Keegan does. But I legitimately think that the raw power is plus and that provided the approach maintains in double A, he can get to at least average power. And the whole thing here is you're trying to figure out one of the two development paths, right? He played catcher and first base last year. 80 games at catcher, 15 at first, DH'd 11 times or so. And the defense isn't necessarily amazing, right? He threw out 30% of base runners in the, the regular season, but he was like 5 of 40 in the Arizona Fall League. And so you have a little bit of a, of a question about defensively, how good is he going to be? Is he going to be able to stick at catcher at the major league level or does he need to move to first base? And so I would argue the offense is ahead of the defense and that's what's holding him back. If you wanted to move him to first base, I think it would be a quicker move, but you would want him hopefully to hit for more power if you do that. Whereas if you keep him behind the plate, it's probably... I think at best, most of the year before you're able to see him at the major league level because you need the defense to catch up to where the offense is, where he can maintain and survive at the major league level. But either way, I've been high on Dominic Keegan since he was drafted. Honestly, I was high on him when I watched him at Vanderbilt in college, was one of the leaders of that team. And at Vanderbilt, it's a tall task to be a leader at Vanderbilt. It's a baseball powerhouse. Uh, very impressed with Dominic Keegan. Really excited to watch what he does this year. Another guy, I'm really excited for that first outing. I get to go watch uh, Carson Williams and Dominic Keegan in Montgomery at the same time. Left-hand pitcher Mason Montgomery, sixth rounder and 21 out of Texas Tech. Almost 30 starts between AA and AAA last year. 7-4 with a 3.98 ERA and 124 and a third innings. 144 strikeouts, 10.4 per nine, to 60 walks. 4.3 per nine and 20 home runs allowed. And the thing here 
the stuff isn't necessarily amazing. It's just hard to pick up. So fastballs in the low 90s. It plays up because one, lots of carry up in the zone. It's like more than 18 inches of induced vertical break, which you'll remember is an elite amount. Combined with, it's just... It, the arm action isn't incredibly long and he hides the body, uh, hides the ball behind his body for a long time. And so it's just hard to pick the ball up out of his hand. So the fastball plays up despite all of that. The extension's not bad either. And then he's got a change up in the mid 80s and a slider in the low 80s. And I think Baseball America put it best in their write up where they talked about the sliders in a weird place because it's the movement of a cutter or a power slider, but not the velocity. And there's a whole, there's an overall lack of lack of power and lack of velocity in this package. And I think some of the reason, having seen him pitch in AA last year, I think some of the reason the walk numbers are so high is not necessarily poor control. I think it's more so he's trying to not come into the zone, like not come into the heart of the zone with his stuff. If you can make the stuff a little bit better, I think it raises the floor of what he can do. I've seen some places talk about he's probably going to end up being a relief option. I don't know what's going to happen, but either way, I think you'll see him in 24. If he made some jumps over the offseason, maybe you'll see him as a starter. If not, you'll see him in the bullpen. Austin Shinton is was a draft pick by the Mariners, traded over from the Mariners to the Rays. Fifth rounder in 2019 at a Florida International. One of those versatility guys where he's played first, he's played third. He's honestly not great at third. He's probably best suited to be a first baseman. And even there, I don't think he's necessarily that amazing at first base. But 134 games between AA and AAA last year. 304, 423, 584. 29 homers, 74 extra base hits, 94 walks to 154 strikeouts. Did not attempt a stolen base. He has great power numbers despite the underlying stuff. So the contact, his overall contact in the 60s, his zone contact in the 70s. So not necessarily amazing. His exit velocities, 90th percentile, 103. At best, it's average. But yet, he's got an OPS of over 1,000 versus righties. He just makes optimal contact, especially against right-handers. And so I think when you see him, his role is going to be a bench guy who's platooning at first base in DH. He might cover third base because that's just something the Rays rotate a lot of guys through. And it's going to be, he's probably not your first option off the bench, but he is an option off the bench, depending on what happens defensively, what happens with injuries, ineffectiveness. Ahead of him are two prospects. We normally don't talk about prospects who have already debuted in these shows, right? We just skip over them or briefly mention them and go to guys who haven't debuted yet. But Curtis Mead and Aslavis Basabe are two guys we have to talk about, right? Uh, because both of them are going to play roles on this team, and they do different things. Curtis Mead's the better hitter. Contact of 82% overall, 88 in the zone. 90th percentile exit below of 106. He batted 294, 385, 515 last year, but despite the good exit velocities, he only hit nine homers. And it's because he's got just naturally, inherently, has a lower launch angle. He's your offensive option. He's played second. He's played third. It's not a good arm. And so I think he stretched at third. I remember when he first got his, I was there at his last game in double A before he got promoted to triple A. And I was saying that at the time is like, he made some good plays on balls, uh, like charging in on balls from, from third base, barehanded throw to first. But overall, the arm's not great, right? But he plays second and third. 
And then the defensive guy, who's an okay hitter, but has some flaws, Slavis Basabe, 94 games in AAA last year, 296, 351, 426. Four homers, 35 extra base hits, 16 to 22 on stolen bases. He brings you speed. He does bring you defense, right? So 37 games at short, 28 at third, 25 at second. The speed is plus. The arm, the defense are just average, really. I think he'd be in a, probably an above, an above average to plus second baseman, but his best role is that utility role covering all three spots. Contacts, fine. 78% overall, 85% in the zone. Power is right there at average, 103 for a 90th percentile. The issue why he only hit four home runs last year is his ground ball rate. His ground ball rate last year for Slavis Basabe in AAA was 53%. And that was the lowest ground ball rate of his career at any one level. So good, at least average contact and hit tools, he just puts the ball in the ground too much. And so because of that, it lowers the ceiling of the offense. If you can fix that, if that can be tweaked a little bit, even just bring it down 10%, 5 10%, you're looking at a much more productive hitter who could turn into a starter, but now his best role is a utility guy. In just a minute, let's talk about lower level prospects to watch. There's multiple first basemen here, which is really interesting. We'll talk about that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Yes, it's really fun for me to get to actually say Super Bowl in an ad. Shout out FanDuel. Uh, if you're like me, you really enjoy Super Bowl Sunday. You get the best seat on the couch. You get uh, football snacks. You play some bets. You get excited about what commercials you're going to see. In my case, I'm excited about some of the trailers. My, my son's a big Sonic fan, so Sonic the Hedgehog 3 is going to be in there. New Planet of the Apes trailer. Bunch of fun stuff there. But when it comes to the bets, are also tons of fun as well. You can bet on who's going to win Super Bowl 58, obviously. But FanDuel has tons of other bets. Which player will score a touchdown? How many points will be scored? Who will score the first touchdown? What will the kickers do? What will the receivers do? What will the running backs do? Who will get a sack? Tons of options like that. So, new customers, join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Visit fando.com slash locked on to sign up. That's fando.com slash locked on and make every moment more with Fanduel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL and the official sportsbook of the Locked On Podcast Network. Welcome back to Locked On. MLB Prospects, talking about the Tampa Bay Rays farm system here. And quick reminder, Locked On has launched the first ever national sports 24-7 streaming channel on YouTube. It's now also out there on Amazon Fire TVs. So Locked On Sports Today is here for you 24-7 with the top sports stories of the day, featuring the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows like this one that cover every single league. So find the Locked On Sports Today channel now on YouTube and Amazon Fire TVs, soon to come to Roku TV devices. Okay, looking at lower-level prospects in this system, I mentioned multiple first basemen. Um, Xavier Isaac is the more prominent of the two because he has a longer track record in the pros, but first-rounder in 2022 out of high school was the big surprise of that first round because uh, he, he didn't get a chance to do a lot of the showcases. He had an injury, I think, going into his senior year of high school. But 102 games between single-A and high-A. 285, 395, 521, 19 homers, 43 extra base hits, 64 walks to 92 strikeouts, and 12 of 12 on stolen bases. So 
Power is absolutely there. 90th percentile exit below of 108. Contact is fine. It's not amazing, but it's fine. 67% overall, 77% in the zone. There's some work to be done there. But he doesn't chase a lot. It's 22% chase. So a lot of the issues he has is swinging and missing in the zone. And I think age 19 season, you're going to see some of that as he faces good breaking pitches and things like that. And it can be fixed. Like the strike zone recognition is good. The swing decisions are good. It's just holes in the swing as he has uh, physically changed both up and then down and is adjusting to professional baseball. I think it's going to resolve itself. An interesting thing here, I think the power production could tick up. Again, 19 home runs last year and 102 games for Xavier Isaac. And when you watch, he does a really good job of getting the ball at optimal launch angles unless he's pulling it. When he pulls the ball, it's just a line drive, right? And so I think that because of that, if you can work on the launch angle when you pull balls for Xavier Isaac, the power production, I wouldn't be surprised if once he fixes that, if he's hitting 30 home runs next year compared to 19. Defensively, he's fine at first base. The speed is slightly below average. It's a little bit better since he, one, got away from that foot injury and two, did a little bit of physical work to streamline a little bit and maintain some athleticism. It's, it's average defense at first base. This organization values first base defense, especially with the next guy we'll talk about in a second. But Isaac's not bad, right? It's not going to keep him off the field. It's just not plus or anything. A guy that does have plus defense at first base and more of that traditional raise profile of a good contact hitter with good defense is Trey Morgan, third rounder out of LSU in 2023. 14 games between rookie ball and A ball last year. 396, 482, 542. One homer and four extra base hits. Eight walks to three strikeouts. The thing for Trey Morgan is the college numbers for power weren't actually that amazing for a first baseman. It was like 104 on his 90th percentile exit velocity with a metal bat in college. His zone contact was in the 80%, again, in college. And so it's something where it's a hit tool, it's an on-base tool, and it's exceptional defense. It is some of the, it was probably the best defense that I saw in college baseball last year. And every day, as I've heard me talk about this, I watch a lot of college baseball, especially before the MLB season starts. And so some of the best first base defense I saw in all of college baseball last year, it's legitimately probably 70 grade first base defense. And so it's more of the traditional, not traditional, more of the raised typical first base profile you saw in a guy like a Kyle Manzardo. You even saw in a guy like a Yandy Diaz where really good contact ability, not hitting for as much power. Now, Diaz fixed that with some better launch angles, but Trey Morgan is necessarily is pretty much back to that classic raised profile of a good defender with good contact ability and power that's not exceptional, but is still there and can come into play from time to time. So curious to see what he does this year, what his assignment is. I'm assuming high A bowling green for the whole season. We'll see what happens. A couple other guys, including one from that draft, Braden Taylor was the first rounder at a TCU last year and third baseman, 25 games between rookie ball and, and A ball, most in A ball, 242, 361, 517, five homers, 12 extra base hits, 17 walks to 34 strikeouts, 11 of 11 on stolen bases, which was surprising. And I think he's more athletic than I was expecting. And so 
I've seen a couple places. I think Baseball America did this, and I think the Tampa Bay Times also talked about this, about him potentially getting looks at second base as well as third. Like, he's not just going to be limited to third base. From his college numbers, exit velocities of 105 for his 90th percentile, so above MLB average, but with a metal bat, so where's that going to come back to? And 84% zone contact, again, in college. We'll see how that adjusts in MLB or in minor leagues. But it just, it's a well-rounded package. He's probably a 60-grade hit tool and a 50-grade everywhere else, right? And so a high-floor player that you like reminds me of Colton Ledbetter, the second-rounder last year, outfitter for Mississippi State. Another thing where rounded jack-of-all-trades, going to have a high floor, can do some of everything, is not going to be exceptional in anything, right? Just raises the floor of the organization, gives you versatility at the major league level. Couple pitchers that I got to get to apparently pretty quickly because I'm farther behind than I thought I was. Right-hand pitcher Santiago Suarez was an IFA in 22 by Miami. They got in the Xavier Edwards deal. And then right-hand pitcher Daniel Corret. So Suarez, I like his stuff. Mid-90s fastball, 18 inches of induced vertical break, right? Vertical break and curveball in the high 70s, and then a mid to upper 80s changeup that really needs more velocity separation and some better movement, better development, right? But throws a ton of strikes, especially with the fastball, and a really good delivery. And that's the thing that Suarez and Curet have in common, is Curet also has an incredibly smooth athletic delivery. You don't worry about repeatability. You don't worry about too much exertion on it. For Curet, Fastball's in the upper 90s. Really good carry, flat vertical approach angle. Sliders in the upper 80s with two-plane break. And then changeup exists, technically. Needs to throw it a lot more, get it a little bit better. And he dropped the curveball completely. We'll see if that comes back. But interesting in both of those prospects, they could be quick risers up the rankings by this time next year. Some dart throws real quick. Outfielder Chandler Simpson, very common pick. 94 stolen bases last year. Also has 18 of his 130 hits were for extra bases. One career home run in college. 90 percentile or 90% contact rate. Zero power to speak of. So 80 speed plus defense in center field. The arm is not good. 30 grade arm. Question's going to be, can he, uh, can he at least get decent launch angles to launch line drives and run versus slapping balls into the ground like he does now? Uh, Right-hand pitcher Trevor Harrison's the other one. Fifth rounder last year out of high school. I've got him on here because he reminds me of Xavier Isaac, a guy we didn't see a lot of in showcases, in scouting, different kind of things that I think the Rays may have uncovered a guy here. Fastball sits in the mid-90s. He's got a changeup, a vertical breaking curveball. And if if they did a good job of scouting and finding him like they did a Xavier Isaac, it's going to be really surprising what he's going to be able to do with a full season in professional baseball next year. So really watch for Trevor Harrison. Let's see what he does. If there's a guy that we didn't get to, happens all the time. There's a lot of guys in these farm systems. Let me know. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Show's on Twitter at Locked on Farm. We can throw it into the Monday mailbag. Until next time, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. 